meeting. As a preliminary matter, this is Bridget Sweet, uh, Chair of the Franklin Board of Health. Um, please permit me to confirm that all members and persons participated at the agenda are present and can hear me. Vice Chair Jeff Harris. Here. Thank you. And uh, Member Tim Cochran. Here. Thank you. Staff, when I call your name, please respond to the affirmative. Uh, Kathleen. Here. Ginny. Here. Alicia. Here. John. Here. Casilla. Here. Excellent. Thank you. Um, good evening. Uh, this open meeting and public hearing of the Franklin Board of Health is being conducted remotely as a hybrid model, which means this meeting is convening in person in conference via the Google Hangout application. Please take care and note that this meeting is being recorded. Please remember to mute your phone and computer when you're not speaking and let us know if you have any questions by raising your hand. With that being said, we'll go right to the agenda. The first item on the agenda is a public hearing regarding Body Works reflexology regulations. So, uh, so at this time, we will go ahead and open the public hearing section of this meeting. Uh, this public hearing was advertised for two consecutive weeks in the Milford News and will now open Wednesday, January 4th at 5.01 p.m. And I will defer to our Director Kathleen to walk us through this um, regulation review. Absolutely. So as I've stated in the past, we had two facilities that um, were um, basically saying that they were um, body works facilities. And, um, but what we found was, we found that um, the women and men working in these um, businesses were out of Flushing, New York. They weren't, um, uh, they were living in the establishment as well. Um, and because there's already been two, <clears throat> I believe there's more coming, um, I wanted a regulation that would give us um, enforcement powers basically to um, you know go in there without police or go in there you know instead of saying you can't live in a commercial business I want there to be more a permitting process a quarry a sorry um, just making it a more legitimate business and a safer business um, for the women and men that are um, are doing this type of work um, so that was my um, reasoning behind this um, it's, it's definitely not pretty to, to see someone have to just leave their place of work where they're living and, um, and go to we don't know where. Um, so I really want to be able to um, regulate this and permit them before they even get into the facility. Thank you. Um, and this was publicized for two weeks. Was there any um, feedback or concerns brought to your attention by anyone in the community or in this business framework that would be impacted? No. So we did receive these regu draft regulations a couple weeks ago to all review on our own time prior to coming to the hearing. So at this time, I'd like to open up to the board for discussion, comments, or concerns regarding these regulations. Jeff? I have nothing right now. Okay. And you were able to review that in, in a timely manner and you were comfortable with what was presented? Yes, I was. Thank you. Tim? Uh, <clears throat> yes, thanks. I had the opportunity to review the regulations as they were proposed. Um, and did not have any questions or comments about the substance of the proposed regulations. Okay. And Kathleen, these were um, drafted following a framework that's already in place in another municipality, correct? Yes. Okay. And I'm sorry, I don't know why I can't remember or find where this would, this would go into effect um, after tonight's vote when? 
<coughs> when you decide. So, okay, so we'll have to, so we have to file this with DEP, right? We have to file all regulations mm -hmm. uh, once it's signed with the DEP, so that will take some time. Uh, Jeff and Tim, what do you think a reasonable um, time frame to enact these regulations would be? 30 days. 30, Tim? Um, 30, 30 is fine. I, my initial inclination would be 45, but 30 days, if that's attainable, um, I'd be uh, agreeable to 30 days. And there's been no pushback, right? Like, there's been no, this is not something that, um, I guess, I want to make sure we have enough time, but right. I mean, where there's not been a lot of uh, discussion around this from other community members, I guess they're not concerned with it. So 30 it's, days is probably reasonable. And it's supported by um, the two detectives on the police. Okay. All right. Um, so with that being said, is there a motion? Before we, before we proceed, I just want to note the draft proposal that was provided, a copy of which was provided to the board, section 8.0, um, just potentially a possible correction on the heading before it's Look at you. Yeah. You're like Marion the librarian. I love it. So it says advertisement rather than advertisement. Jenny. Rather than bringing it back to the board. I told you to fix that recommend the uh, heading on section 8.0 be um, amended to advertisement. Fair enough. Yeah, no, you can. Um, actually, yes, you can ask questions now before we take the vote. That's fine. Yeah, my question is regarding existing businesses or home businesses specifically. Um, will they be basically shut down after 30 days then? Regulation won't go into effect until 30 days after it's voted in, um, and so my intent is any business that arises after that that we know of as well will will have to go through the whole permitting process. So in other words, even existing businesses have to meet this. It reaches back to any business of any that's been in business. Not no. It's not new places. Yeah. If if. If a facility like this arises, and, and if they are living in the facility, I'll, I'll just take appropriate actions at that time, and then move them into a permitting process. If I find that there's a business that um, is, you know, they're living in the facility, things like that, that's just not allowed, um, you know, please come to me in the next 30 <coughs> days. Uh, I'll have to use other resources. So that, that thing means that the other business, right? They, if they're currently doing it. No, they just have to follow the permitting process. Oh, you can permit a home business? Okay. Not a, no, a home and a regular commercial well, that's business. What I was yeah, a I, business. 
home business, no. I mean, that's it's not even in this regulation. It's just commercial businesses. Right. It mentions that home businesses are forbidden, so home businesses yeah. are out of business. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Kathy. Yeah. I have a question. How how are we going to regulate as far as I mean, whether they are staying in the places and they're not? I'm usually notified by um, from police. Um, and you know, then we'll go find the you know whoever the owner is and explain the process. It, it'd be just like a um, a food a retail store that opens up without a permit, going through a permitting process. Um, it's it's all it's all the same. It's just a, it's a regulation that places a permitting per, permitting process um, along with some other um, things that go along that fall under that. If that answers your question, I hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a it, this is a tricky um yeah. this is a tricky subject matter, I guess you might say. Um and you know, it's an unsafe situation and I'm trying to make it safer for the people that work there. Yeah. If, if, that, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And then just to piggyback on some of the home business, this does not relate to people who are already licensed under the state to do home Okay. Just wanted to make sure you're aware of that. So this is for specific to this body work practices that are outlined here in the regulation, um, not someone that may be licensed through the Massachusetts um, Board of Registration. So th those visits will still will still occur. Okay. This is for a small subset. Any other discussion, comments, questions, concerns? Is there a motion? for the regulation. Motion to accept the proposed regulation, including the amendment to section 8.0, the heading of advertisement. Is there a second? I second it. All right, so all in favor, Tim? Yes. Jeff? Yes. And I'm yes. So. Uh, the regulation for governing the practice of body work will be uh, accepted and will be filed with CEP with the anticipated date of enactment of 45 days. I'm sorry, 30 days, excuse me. I apologize. And at this point, the public hearing will close at 5.10 p.m. and we will resume uh, regular Board of Health meeting agenda, which goes right to the approval of minutes. So again, we received all of these electronically. Is there any discussion or comment on the minutes of the December 7th meeting Board of Health? No. No questions. Um, is there a motion to accept the minutes as uh, provided? Motion to accept the minutes from the November 2nd, 2022 meeting. I'm sorry, the December 7th, 2022 meeting as provided. Is there a second? I second them. All right, all in. Oh, sorry. Uh, Tim? Yes. Jeff? Yes. Is chair is yes. So um, all, uh, all in favor of approving the minutes as presented. And just real quick, um, the food waste program was actually highlighted. Um, it was on the news again this week, and it was circulated through LinkedIn, so it was pretty cool yeah. to see that success. So that's yeah. good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, we're moving on to uh, another. Uh, another school? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. What I like to see. Um, all right. So now we have. Uh, is there any old business by any members of the board? 
I'm good. All right, so we'll go right into new business. Um, so we have here a placeholder for board reorganization. So every year um, there is the opportunity to reorganize the board as appropriate. Um, so we do want to make sure we did uh, follow that suit. Motion will appoint Bridget Sweet as the chairperson for the Franklin Board of Health. Is there a second? I second. All right, Tim? Yes. Jeff? Yes. All right, then I guess I'll say yes to you. And that will, um, so I shall remain the chair. Um, Jeff, do you want to remain the vice chair? Um, I make a motion to make him vice chair. Make you vice chair? To make right? Tim, Tim vice chair? Okay. Tim, how do you feel about that? With conviction. <laughs> that was that was a heartfelt motion. Heartfelt. I'll take it. Are you okay with that? Public, yes. Okay. Over the public can see on his face the conviction. All right. <laughs> Maybe get like a screenshot yeah. and share it out. Um, so, uh, can I second that as chair? No, right? So you have to second yourself. I um, cannot second myself. Oh, then I have to second just in case. Okay. All right. Well, then I, I don't know how that goes with Robert's rules, but I second. So we will do uh, a roll call vote. Uh, Jeff? Yes. For myself is yes. Bridget, yes. Tim? Yes. All right. All in favor. So we have a, um, a new chair, vice chair, excuse me, new vice chair. Excellent. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Change letterhead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Change letterhead. Thank you. I would have forgotten about that. That's good stuff. Excellent. Um, so with that being said, um, we also have on the agenda the approval of the Board of, board of Health meeting dates uh, all the way through 2023. Um, the only one that I, July 5th might be a little hairy. And I think we don't, traditionally we've not met every both month in the summer unless there's something going on. So can we make that like a TBD or kind of if necessary type deal? Uh, July and August. But um, we can, yeah, or maybe we just do one between the, yeah. I mean, July 5th on top of the holiday, I think that would be a little bit difficult to get a full. All right, so I'll take that, I'll remove that. Okay. And do TBD on August. Yeah, I mean, again, this is selfish. Apparently, the world revolves around me. But um, NEHA runs through August this year. Um, it's at the end of July into August, and I am presenting. So I don't know. I think I'll be in New Orleans August 2nd. Okay. But we can, we can obviously um, revise those as we need to. Okay. Anyone have anything else pressing on those dates that they see quickly? Nothing. Nothing. Cool. It looks crazy to see a whole year of 23s in front of you. Just for the record. All right, thank you. With that being said, we'll go right into um, inspection report. So we'll go right to John. Hi, uh, good evening. So in the month of December, I had one housing reinspection, uh, one nuisance reinspection that had been resolved, uh, 12 uh, routine inspections at food establishments, 14 food establishment reinspections, and that was it. Um, typically would have some training, but I seem to have taken care of that in October and November. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Have you gotten any um, uh, questions about the new food code coming out? Not yet? I haven't gotten any. I mean, I know we're not going to adopt it until like 2070, but I right. wasn't sure if people were going to start. I, I'm not sure that operators are aware of it. Well, you, Kathleen? Nothing. Nothing? No. Have you seen it? 
Uh, no, I only mentioned it to Ginny that it was coming. I didn't think we'd adopt. And I thought the same as you. We'll yeah. do it in 2070. <laughs> so when you have spare time, look at the hot water temperature for hand washing. What? What? What, what is, is it? 85. Why? What? For washing? Hand washing. Well, that's well with friction and soap and all that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I get it. So I just want—I mean, just something to keep in mind. And everything's going well for you. You still liking us better than uh, Rentham and Norfolk? Sure, yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Most, most important part of your report. <laughs> that's it. I want that like right here in the bottom. Franklin is the best. Well, thank you very much for all your due diligence, um, especially with the food reinspections. I know they can be um, very time consuming, but I think it's great that you are following back up to make sure that there's compliance. So I think it's great. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll go right to our public health nursing report, please. Hi everyone. So for communicable diseases starting with COVID-19, and this data is from yesterday on the 3rd, um, the data is subject to change. Total cases for December of 2022 were 156, and these are just cases in Maven, mind you, versus 123 in November of 2022. So that first graph just kind of shows the difference month to month from last December to this December. Obviously, big change and then underneath is um, a graph I actually got off the wastewater treatment facility so you can really see the difference between December of last year and the wastewater compared to December of this year so uh, even though it does look like the numbers are going up comparatively in the last few months compared to last year there's a huge difference of it being less um, still continuing doing COVID-19 um, focusing on clusters, especially um, any kind of like facilities in the area and other communicable diseases, case investigations. For influenza, um, I'm sure we're seeing an upward trend, especially because now when you do the swabs, it's for COVID and flu, and especially in pediatrics, it's COVID, flu, RSV. So we have seen a large influx of cases that we still have to acknowledge. Everything comes in through MAVEN as well. Um, the severity for Massachusetts is still very high this week, and the percentage of influenza-like illnesses visits in Massachusetts is 8%, 8.03, which is higher than the regional baseline of 2% in the previous three seasons during the same week. Um, the percent of hospitalizations associated with influenza is up to 5.07%, which is higher than the previous three seasons in the same week. Uh, we're seeing much more influenza A versus B in the specimens received. Um, and also vaccination rate for all ages is around 42% right now. Um, seasonal influenza activity remains high but is declining in most areas. Um, Central Park Terrace, which I still go and see twice a week. I'm usually out there. We did a Christmas bingo, which was really fun for the ladies there. Yeah, it was good. And they didn't do the food pantry because of Christmas because we do it the fourth Wednesday of every month. So that's going to be coming up um, the end of this month. We'll be meeting with them again. Um, continuing doing for trainings and meetings, the bi-weekly local board of health webinars. We did a Stop the Bleed presentation at the Senior Center on the 13th of December, and we ordered a new kit. So I'm hoping I can try to do it some other places for other members of the community now that we have the actual kit coming in to teach like wound packing and cool things like that. Um, I was a vaccinator for a COVID-19 booster clinic in 
York work on December 7th, and I completed a mental health first aid. It was like a two-day training course. You become a you get a certificate, and someone going through like a mental health for like first aid exactly. So yeah, I did that in the end of November, beginning of December, and I'm still continuing doing weekly home visits. Anything from medication management and wound treatments for people. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Jeff, any questions? Thank you very much. All right, the next item on the agenda is our EPI report. Hi, everyone. Um, so weekly, I'm still updating the Franklin Norfolk and Redmond um, COVID-19 dashboards. In the month of December, there was 156 confirmed COVID-19 positive cases. 81% of Franklin residents are fully vaccinated. 55% had their first booster and 25% have had their second booster shot. There are um, zero COVID-19 related deaths in the month of December and confirmed cases have increased 30% from November 2022 to December 2022. Uh, we have only a box or two left of the COVID-19 at home test kits available to the community and uh, people can still get them uh, with curbside pickup from the Franklin Senior Center and the expiration date of those are getting closed and it's January 26th of 2023. Um, I create a presentation of homeless data for the Chinostics towns. I'll present, be presenting the data at the Chinostics meeting on January 13th. Cassia, just for the, the meeting right. minutes, can you just remind everyone what the Chinostics town, which towns they are, the six towns? Um, I think it's, is it more than, I have them right here. Yeah, there's a, there's a ton of them. There's a bunch, yeah. or just there's, like a bubble of the region, yeah. just so people are like aware. Holliston, Hawkington, Bellingham. Yeah. So like the 495 sweep area, including us, down through Norfolk. Exactly. Yeah. Just so people like, know it's not just us. You're yeah. doing things outside. It's more just trying to showcase that you're doing things around the region, not just Franklin. I feel like it's roughly like 12 yeah, towns or so. And just so the board knows, the reason why I asked her to do this is um, I'm on the Chinas 6 steering committee. And we did a community health improvement plan, community health assessment plan, and then um, uh, our CHIP. And we did notice that there were there was a situation with homeless, so we included that in one of the grants that's being offered. However, we're not seeing anybody take advantage of that grant, so we wanted to know why. So the Chinastics created a subcommittee that I'm on, um, and we're having a panel discussion um, this Friday about the data that we collected. So Casillo was kind enough to get all this incredible data. And interestingly enough, Franklin we, um, is the highest, right? And yeah. We like have, if you look at the population, will you explain that piece though? Yeah, so in Franklin, there's um, 307 homeless individuals, which is about 1% of the community. Um, and also 5.3% of um, the Franklin population is below poverty, which includes 6% of it being children and 5% seniors over the age of 65. Yeah. So and Renton falls right under that. Yeah, but at a higher like, rate because they have a lower yeah, population. So like 200, I want to yeah. say. Yeah. Russian, just so. a quick question on yeah. on these num on the breakdown of these numbers, and I know you're presenting on this, which yes. is the only reason why I'm asking. Um, that's six percent of children. That's six percent of the three hundred and seven individuals. That's three percent of the six percent where it says five point three percent of people are below poverty. That's for the entire town. Entire town. Yes. That's six percent. So that's six percent of the children in town. Children in are town. Below poverty. Yes. And five percent of seniors over the age of sixty-five are below poverty. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, so they asked me to present this information to the panel discussion this Friday, but it's it's Casilla's work, so she's going to be doing it. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. I, I think I, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I just want people to realize this is not just our Franklin, Rentham, Norfolk, that you're doing things beyond our bubble, which is good. So we have to work together in order to fix some of these things. So thank you very much. Sorry, go ahead. So me and Alicia also did uh, Stop the Bleed training at the uh, Franklin Senior Center. Um, it goes over ways to stop life-threatening bleeding. We also gave out certifications to those who came. Um, I've created a flu dashboard for the town of Franklin. It includes reported weekly cases and severity, demographics such as age and race, comparing um, previous seasons, vaccination rate, and comparing the flu um, versus COVID versus the flu. I mean, yeah, sorry, flu versus COVID versus colds versus RSV. And in December, there were about 182 influenza cases. Um, also in the process of creating an opioid dashboard. And so far it includes data for Franklin um, of the types of overdoses, overdoses by demographics, opioid related deaths, opioid related hospital discharges, and also more opioid data um, for the Norfolk County. Um, I also assisted in the flu clinic at the Norfolk Senior Center on um, December 7th. Uh, I've been sending out weekly wellness updates through the regroup text and emails to raise awareness. In December, I sent some out about um, influenza and toy safety. And also um, on Friday, I think Lily should be sending out um, um, like posts to social media for people to sign up for the regroup messages. So that should be out th by the end of this week uh, for the public to sign up. And then what else? Alicia did the bingo game at Central Park Terrence on December 28th. Uh, still surveillance and case management, um, calling and asking people diseases, giving guidance, doing case investigations, and reporting data into Maven. And me and the GI specialist Natalie are still working on our interactive map, and that should be done in the next week or two. Um, we're, we're almost there. <laughs> and then we have uh, my bi weekly MDPH webinars and weekly regional epidemiology Zoom meeting. And I just want to add these two are so creative. Um, the stop the bleed, they get the gauze and they uh, have a noodle and fake blood and a whole kit. Yeah, we have to show you pictures. Yeah. yeah, we have people in gowns and yeah. gloves packing things with fake blood. And they love it. Yeah, and they. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, how you learn. You learn, right? Yeah, yeah they actually want to do buy it. a tourniquet after, and I told them that's absolutely not necessary yeah. at, at all. Um, yeah. But people got really into it, which is. And fun. who yeah. are the attendees of the Stop the Bleed? Just um, people signed up at the senior center. Just people who signed up at the senior center. Yeah. So we've done two of those, and this next one they're going to be doing next month. Um, they're really into first aid, but I'm not a CPR instructor. So what I'm going to be focusing on is like anaphylaxis because mm -hmm. um, we have like the EpiPen trainers, yeah. asthma attacks, um, heart attacks, and stroke. So I thought those were all good real life things mm -hmm. that we can do first aid. If they want to learn about bleeding, then they can come to a Stop the Bleed <laughs> training um, that I have because I can pass up certifications because I'm an instructor for That's that. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, this new kit that we bought is like, you know, thousand dollar kit and yeah. it has, you know, it's like it's no, like a leg, no noodles. you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like Jaws. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so funny. And we also um, had a, uh, a Christmas tree, the health department oh, Christmas yeah. tree yeah. that yeah. you guys decorated really great. Yeah. Um, so they, they, they're constantly putting us out there. It's great. Which is great. Yeah. It's excellent. Those hands-on first aid trainings, the ones that you just talked about, mm -hmm. are 
valuable yeah. to people. Yeah, you don't, people like that. You don't realize you don't have, you don't know how to respond to it. Situation like that um, until this situation happens. So thank you for being able to provide what are um, reasonable responses for people in those types of situations. And that okay. is confusing if you don't know what it looks like. It, it, a lot of these so. things, it, it, it's, it's good information. It, it really is, because especially with like stroke, it's something crazy about, I'm trying to think of the percentage of people that don't go call 911 when they are having a stroke. It's right. something crazy, like over a third of people don't right. do that. And it really does teach you how to respond to things, because um, if we're targeting the senior population, the idea of teaching them getting down on their hands and knees and doing CPR, which is vigorous. Um, you know, isn't like my favorite idea. Um, so that's why I was like, you know, how to respond in these emergency situations, which will happen, heart attack, stroke, you know, someone having trouble breathing, if it's asthma or anaphylactic, anything like that, it's good to know how to respond appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I think we're very as you guys are doing an awesome job. producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. 
If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.